Welcome to Ditch the Classroom. This is your host, Ariana Vernier, and I'm so excited that you're here. I'm a teacher turned business coach who is so passionate about helping fellow mamas like you ditch the classroom and pursue your big, hairy, scary dreams. Imagine a life where you could still impact the world, but do so while following your passions and spending more time with your babies. In Ditch the Classroom, we'll explore ways you can do just that. Myself, guest experts, and amazing teachers who have also built a successful business will share tools, tips, and resources to help you ditch the classroom too. Are you ready? Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Ditch the Classroom podcast. We have a very special guest on with us today. Her name is Danny Watson. She's a former teacher turned owner, designer, and podcaster at Fig and Farm at Home, where she teaches busy mamas how to decorate their homes on a budget. So welcome, Danny. We're so excited to have you here today. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. So can we can we just kind of start off with you sharing a little bit about your teaching journey, how you got into teaching, the grades you taught, and all of that? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, if you were to ask my parents, they would say they knew I was going to be a teacher when I was two. So I'm the youngest of six and I would have class at home with my older siblings. And so I knew from a very early age I wanted to teach and partly because I knew I wanted to be a mom. And and that kind of lent itself well to, you know, staying home with the summers and school breaks and all of that. But I didn't really waver too much about whether or not I wanted to go into teaching. So that's what I did. I went right to college and, and studied to be a teacher, um, in, in Washington state is where I went to school and my journey through there was really quick. And I got a job right away teaching first grade at a private Christian school in Seattle. And I loved it. Um, it was a really intro, a nice introduction to, just teaching in general, you know, small class sizes and a really supportive community of parents and, and a wonderful teaching staff. And then we moved to Iowa and you would kind of think Iowa might be a similar field, pretty benign, but the community I served when I was teaching there was actually, we were, we got a lot of our children from inner city Chicago. So if you can imagine going from private school in Seattle to that serves inner city kiddos, there's a dramatic difference. Mm -hmm. And I found that I loved it. (laughs) It was really, really hard, but I loved it. And I taught first grade there too. And I taught until I had my first kiddo and decided that teaching full-time while his grandparents, you know, they weren't, they were back at home in Washington and I was in Iowa. It didn't really make sense for me to go and be with other people's babies while I had my baby with someone else. So I, I ditched the classroom. I see so much of my own story in yours. I see so many similarities and that's what, one of the things I love about interviewing former teachers is there's just, we all have so many things that are, that are just so similar. I, my parents knew I was going to be a teacher from like the minute I could speak and I also wanted a digital classroom after having my first baby. So I just love that. And I appreciate you sharing that with us. Is there anything 
outside of like becoming a new mom that really kind of pushed you to pursue a different path outside of the classroom? Not at all, actually. And and in fact, that journey of saying goodbye to teaching was kind of hard. I mean, I loved my baby. I wanted to stay home and invest all of my time into him. But, you know, in our culture, in our society, we define ourselves by what we do. And that was really hard because it took, you know, eight, nine years of teaching for me to really finally own, like, I'm really good at this. This is something I you know, knowing at an early age, like kind of born to do like a calling and, you know, so to own that and then to say goodbye was hard. So no, I didn't know right away, actually, you know, other than I wanted to be home with the baby, I didn't know where I was going to go. And in fact, my road from ditching it to where I'm at today is circuitous. I mean, there's not a linear, (laughs) a linear line other than like, create, you know, creativity and, and kind of harnessing something creative. Yeah. So can you share a little bit with us about that journey? Like once you decided, okay, it's time to pivot out of teaching and I want to be home with my baby boy. What'd you do after that? Yeah. So about a year and a half into staying home with him and I was pregnant with my second at that point, all boys. And I thought, you know, wouldn't it be fun if I could, I don't know, work at like a farmer's market and sell something farmer's market e or, you know, something like that. And in the town we were living in, we had a huge bustling farmer's market. I mean, this is the thing you did on Saturday mornings and it was, it was really fun. So my world was baby back then. And so I opened up a baby boutique and I named it Huck and Joe after those are nicknames of my children. and. I created baby products. And at the time, you know, my, my baby now is 14, <laughs> going into high school. But at the time, there was a gap in the market of like cute baby things. Mm-hmm. Like me, you now having a baby, you have all kinds of wonderful resources. <laughs> and we weren't stone age, but it was not as prolific. And so I kind of modernized these products for moms. Like um, hooded towels and burp claws, crib sheets, things that you couldn't find at Target or Walmart or whatever big box store. And I went to the farmer's market and I sold <laughs> these baby wares. And it was also at the time when Etsy was really taking off. And so I created a big presence there. My mom helped me. She was living in Washington. I was in Iowa and she would ship things back and forth and make some products for me. And it was a really fun partnership. And then we moved. And when we moved from Iowa back home to Washington, all that traction kind of lost itself a little bit. You know, I was doing even other markets, bigger markets, and I just kind of, you know, I had a new house to decorate and my home. So my creative energy went into creating this, this home space. And of course, now I had third baby boy with me at this point. And, and all of that energy came into home. So I kind of ditched So I ditched the classroom, then I ditched the baby business, and I didn't jump into home decorating for a couple of years because I didn't really know that's what was happening for me. What I did know is I was making friends and having people over and sharing my space, and I would get a lot of questions, a lot of comments like, wow, I really love your space. I love your, how do you do this? 
can you help me? And so I would help people with their space. One thing led to another and I ended up being a contact person for a, a local realtor and that realtor wanted to offer home staging for his clients who he was selling homes for. And and I did it and I committed to a year. Of course, I did it for pennies. Like looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, I probably spent more than I earned. But that was really confidence building and boosting. And and okay, and at that time, so if you see how it's not circuitous, <laughs> I mean, it's like not linear. But my move from Iowa to Washington, I left a really dear friend. And we thought, gosh, wouldn't it be fun to be do something creatively together, even through distance, so that we could fund our friendship, so we could afford plane tickets back and forth to see each other. And so we opened Fig and Farm. Not Fig and Farm at home yet, because I'm not there (laughs) yet. But And what that was, was basically curating vintage goods and repurposing items to bring it new life and bring it a little bit more modern. And, And then, of course, we had markets she in Iowa, me here. And, and now I'm in a brick and mortar um, in my local town, my small town. And from there, I started decorating more homes. So that's what Fig and Farm at Home is, is the decorating piece of that. So lots of, lots of roundabout. I I really didn't know there was no, like, I'm done with the classroom and I want to be a home decorator. I didn't know I had that talent, quite honestly, when I left the, the classroom. I absolutely love that. I love how not linear your journey is because nobody's is nobody, nobody starts out where they're going to end up. You never know God's full plan for you. Like I started with a blog and I was just doing like recipes and DIY projects on there. And now I'm a website designer. So it, it never ends where you think it's going to, where you think it's going to. So that is so, so cool. I love that you shared that with us. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So what would you say was one of the biggest things you had to overcome either like as you were transitioning out of the classroom, getting into this new role of, you know, being a stay at home mom and then starting your business? What's some of the struggles that you dealt with there? You know, at the beginning, when I first left the classroom and started staying home, Um, And especially with that move thrown in there, you know, people back in Iowa knew, they knew that Danny meant teacher and I was really gifted at that job, but moving, no one knew that. And so, you know, there are some times when I would run across like, you know, Hey, how are you? Who are you? What's your name? What do you do? And the, the conversation would immediately stop when I said, Oh, I stay home with my boys, which I'm proud of, Mm -hmm. but that moment, you know, you kind of become less proud or less like somehow your choice was like a failure. And that, of course, never feels good. But because like I alluded to earlier, you know, there's just that stigma in society that you are what you do. And so that was a, a real hurdle to overcome. And it took a lot of internal work, a lot of, you know, honestly, tear-stained conversations with my husband who has an interesting job. And I would have to tell him like, hey, this is, we met these wonderful people, but this is how I'm feeling after leaving that. My worth is not, I'm I'm more than just a teacher. I know that, but I'm, I'm a person and they, they can't see that yet. <laughs> 
and that kind of sucks. So um, it just took a lot of conversations, a lot of prayer work, a lot of talking to God about, you know, who am I? And then, you know, when I sent my baby, who is now 10 to kindergarten, there were a lot of questions like, you know, those deep, who am I now? What is my purpose? You know, all of that. So it kind of happened twice, you know, when I left the classroom and then when I sent my baby. And of course, you know, all the things that I was doing that I mentioned was happening, you know, so it, was, it wasn't like I waited until my baby was in kindergarten before I did the baby boutique and the opening even fig and farm it all of these were happening happening simultaneously but it was just that another awakening of who am I what do, what do I do now that my kids are in school but each thing along the way you know starting with Huck and Joe and working at those farmers markets or doing the fig and farm big you know like I don't know if you've ever been to like a vintage market where vendors come out and they show all their wares and going into a store and now doing the podcast, like honestly, the biggest hurdle has been myself and really just saying, you know, kind of getting out of my own way, you know, <laughs> yeah, and really believing like, what, what is the worst that can happen? That finally was the question that, that caused me to, to break free from all of it and say, I don't, you know what, what is the worst that can happen? Mm -hmm. The worst that can happen is no one shops at my booth at the farmer's market. Moving on, the worst that can happen, no one is going to shop my, my market, you know, or my enter my shop and shop my stuff. That's the worst that can happen. I might lose a little bit of money along the way. That's the worst that can happen. And recently, you know, I, I just started my podcast. What's the worst that can happen? One person listens. <laughs> that's the worst. So that's not too bad. Yeah, I think we all really struggle with the fears and the difference between, you know, finally finding your passion and just feeling stuck and not happy anymore inside the classroom or in whatever you're doing is just overcoming those fears, pushing through them. Like, I always say that if you have a dream on your heart, God gave it to you for a reason. And it's not, it's not for you to just sit there and dwell on the what ifs, like what baby steps can you take to start overcoming those fears and following that dream? And he's going to get you where you need to go, whether you're scared shitless or not. So Exactly. And two, you know, if you have not just a dream, but if you have a passion or like a, a talent, whatever that is you know, that's God given. And what disservice are you doing to the, to him by not sharing that? Yeah. No. So I agree 100%. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit, are there any resources that helped you as you were taking the leap out of teaching? Yeah. You know, right away, because I was brand new mom, definitely surrounding myself with community and, friends who were at a similar stage in life or even two steps ahead was huge because I didn't know. I mean, these babies don't come with a manual. Nope. <laughs> they do not. <laughs> and, you know, you have multiple babies and each one is so vastly different. So community was huge and surrounding yourself with people who love you, support you, know who you are and not just know who you are on the surface. They know 
they know you, they know you can be vulnerable with them and ask them questions along the way. And, you know, one thing that really helped me in terms of just my parenting, of course, they're inspirational in other ways too, but is making sure I had friends who were were two steps ahead of me so that I could watch really closely. I admired how they parented and I didn't always ask them questions, but I, I, boy, did I pay attention to what they were doing. And, you know, that was really helpful, but, you know, I remember early, early on and, you know, baby was like two months old and we were having play dates. Like there was a, a group of moms who were doing play dates. Well, you know, the baby didn't need a play date. <laughs> You needed the play date. I I needed the play date. And I would get so sad if he needed to sleep during it or if, you know, he needed, he was sick and I missed it. So it became a real, a really important thing. Yeah. And then, you know, my first business, Huck and Joe, was born during nap time. So really using my time wisely, that was a good resource was just his sleep schedule. And once I had two, I was able to, you know, create their, put them on the same schedule relatively Mm -hmm. um, quickly. And that was invaluable because I can only nap so much. (laughs) Right. And so using that to my advantage was, was important. And that, that looking back, that was honestly the time when I realized, like if I could pinpoint the beginning of um, my, my design, my decorating career, it was during nap time while I had that other business, because one day during nap time, I was, you know, couldn't nap and was looking at the walls and thinking, we spend an awful lot of time in this room and gosh, he naps an awful lot and I'm home an awful lot. And I am just so bored of these walls. When <laughs> <laughs> we have, I mean, we were, we were like poor as church mice. So I went to the garage and I, looked through whatever paint we had left over and I decided to stripe the walls. And that was my first realization, like, oh my gosh, paint makes such a difference. It can completely transform a space. So that was probably, you know, the beginning of it all, but yeah. And then I think we already talked about, you know, understanding that I was more than my role as a teacher. And that was years of work to, to overcome that. But that, you know, making sure that whatever, you know, praying about it or talking to close friends who you can process that with and just knowing that I'm more than a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. So to recap, you said friendships really, really helped you just having that support system to just help you as a new mom and learn what the heck this mom thing is all about. Cause (laughs) I feel the same. Sometimes I'm just like, I don't know what I'm doing, but we'll figure it out as we go. And then that that nap time hustle, like getting stuff done during nap time. That was me for the last almost two years. My daughter just started school three days a week and it is heaven. But before that, my business was pretty much entirely ran on nap time. So I definitely agree. You can get so much done as long as you like, you have a plan. Don't just go by the seat of your pants, but have a plan. And then, yeah, really working on shifting your identity through prayer and journaling and just conversations with your spouse. That's all really helpful too. The other thing too, I would want to add is making sure that you take time for you. I mean, all of that is, but you know, you can really lose yourself in anything, right? Mm -hmm. Like creative things, your business, whatever, but you know, 
making sure that you're working out or you're getting enough sleep or, you know, all the, all the hot topic self-care terms, that's really important. And yeah. that, that helped too. Yeah. A hundred percent agree. So do you have any resources that you would like to share with my listeners? Well, I do. Of course, they are, um, they're all in the home decorating realm. Um, we love that over here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I think your environment, especially a lot of us are working from home now, or maybe we're stay-at-home moms, or even if if you have any listeners who aren't former teachers or teachers that have to now work from home, we're home a lot. And so creating an environment that serves you is really important instead of you serving your environment. And I teach a lot about that in my Facebook group, talking about that and even breaking through some limiting beliefs for why you might not feel like you even deserve a home that you love. So that's one way actually I is my Facebook community. And that is a place where I show up, I show up daily throughout the week and I do a teaching once a week. And so it's funny that, you know, I started my career teaching and I'm here again, but it's just different. Like I love teaching these moms and of course I can decorate for them, but it's so much fun <clears throat> when they have the aha moment yeah. when I can, when they can take off on their own. It is just so empowering. So you can learn a lot from my Facebook community and you can find that at bit.ly forward slash design 101 group. Um, and I'll have that linked in the show notes for everybody listening. Awesome. The other thing too is my podcast. So I show up weekly with that as well. And we do, of course, lots of talk. I mean, even this idea of social media invading our space and kind of putting like homes on a pedestal and what we should aspire to. And, and I think there's a huge disconnect between the average home dweller. And I, I say that because not everyone's a homeowner, not everyone lives in a traditional home, right? <laughs> and what we see on, on Pinterest, Instagram, HGTV shows that we all love, there's such a disconnect. And mm-hmm it's not a bad thing to want a home like that, but I think the average person probably doesn't know how to get from there to there. And so I do a lot of teaching, just practical tips and tricks and all of that on my podcast. And then a a freebie that's kind of fun is just five, five tips you can do this weekend to elevate the look of your home. And I have that for them too. So Perfect. Thank you so much. Like I said, I will have those links in the show notes for y'all so you can make sure to grab those. I'm super excited to listen to your podcast because we are in the middle of renovating our entire RV. So I'm sure that I can use some of your tips. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's, and that is a space I have never um, decorated before. So yeah, (laughs) sure you reach out if you need some specific help. Yeah, definitely. So real quick, can you just kind of walk us through what your average day looks like? I know it might not be the same, but just kind of, you know, a general overview. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, my average day is going to change next week when my kids go back to school. (laughs) But I try to work in blocks to make my time more efficient. Mm -hmm. And that's really important, especially because, you know, my home decorating business is if you think about about it 
like an umbrella, I have four different tiers. I have the podcast, I have a brick and mortar, I have this Facebook community I'm serving into. There's a, there's a lot. And so I do have written out, you know, different tasks I have, I want to accomplish during my work blocks each day of the week so that I can make sure I get those done. And then, you know, ultimately I decided to do this, you know, I I could have gone back to the classroom. I could have gone back to any traditional job and I didn't, I wanted to pursue this because ultimately my babies are the reason I love working for myself. And so having that flexibility. So if I don't get my job done on Monday, which is usually a podcast day for me, if I don't get it done that day, because I want to go to the beach with my boys, it's not a biggie. I can do it on Tuesday. So but I do have designated work hours for, for that. And then every once in a while, I do need to dip into the reserves of hubby is home. He can take the boys and I can really just focus. But some of that happens with like batch work and, mm-hmm. you know, trying to get as much done as I can in one sitting of one thing. So like my social media stuff, for example, or even my podcasts sometimes trying to get more than one done at a time. And yeah. Time batching, I think is so, so, so crucial. I do have an episode that I can't think of the number off the top of my head, but it is all about like time management and time blocking, giving tips for that. So for those listening, go look and find it. I know it's one of the very beginning, like between one and 20 episode numbers. So go check that out if you're really interested in time management and time blocking. But I I swear by that as well. I think that's so crucial. Yeah. And you know, it's, I want to work like my boys will be going to school next week. And I'm going to be I'm going to be their taxi, (laughs) you know, dropping them off. And I want to make sure that my work is done by the time I pick them up. Um, But I also coach at the middle school and I coach sports. And so I will definitely just need to be done so that I can do that once my sports season starts. So, yeah, I want to be present for my family, you know, in the afternoons and evenings and do all the things they're doing. So, yeah, being efficient is super important. Yes, very. So. I'm going to ask you a question that I ask on every episode. It's one of my favorite questions to ask. If someone wanted to start their ditch the classroom journey, but they just felt too overwhelmed, what would you tell them? Oh, I love that question. I I would tell them to ask themselves a few questions. One is if they're feeling that inkling, that little voice that says, I think I need to be done with this. I think I need this little hint of a dream to explore that and explore it. Don't be afraid to explore. But the other thing is asking themselves, what really is the worst that can happen if you go down that path, you know, and is it that you won't have an income for a year? Well, you might want (laughs) to rethink that, but if it's just that, you know, maybe you'll have one listener or maybe you will, Um, your project won't sell or whatever it is, is that so bad? But the other thing I would have them think about is looking down the road further 20 years from now, if they didn't do that, would they regret it? Yeah. So asking themselves all those questions, but really it's about belief in yourself to take the plunge and 
Can you do it? Yes, you can. Yeah. Amen. Amen (laughs) (laughs) Well, it has been such a pleasure having you on the podcast today, Danny. Where can my listeners come connect with you and become your, your new best friend? Oh, I would love that. They can come connect with me on my podcast, Fig and Farm at Home, Design Happy Living. And wherever podcasts are, you can find me or on Instagram at Fig and Farm. That's where you get behind the scenes of my crazy life with my boys. (laughs) (laughs) And then on my website, figandfarmathome.com. Perfect. Well, thank you so, so much again for coming on this on this episode with me. Thank you to those listening. Make sure to go connect with Danny and show her some love and just thank her so much for coming on with us. And we will see you next week. Bye y'all. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Before you go, make sure you take a minute to subscribe to the show, leave a rating and review and check out the show notes for a free gift to help you ditch the classroom. If you loved today's episode, can you help me share the message by taking a screenshot, tagging me on Instagram at ariana.vernier and sharing it with your friends so we can help more mamas ditch the classroom and follow their dreams. Until next week, y'all, keep following the dreams that were placed in your heart so you too can ditch the classroom.